This is number seven in our series called Always. We're studying first and second Peter and actually Jude as well. This is number seven in the series. Uh, we've talked a lot about, about that term always and how it, how it applies to what's happening. And so today we're going to keep going in this, in this. In fact, I'll have to say, Pastor Jay, I have enjoyed this section so very much. This, what I'm going to share with you today has just really, really done something inside of me this week. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. I like sharing you with you what God has done inside of me. You know, there's a, uh, there's a very prominent question that is looming in the mind of most Americans right now, and it's not who's going to win the NCAA college football championship in 2017. It is not, is the new Spider-Man movie going to live up to expectations? Uh, it's a question you probably won't hear when you're hanging out at the mall or if you're standing in line at the grocery store, but it's out there. It's being asked inside of people's minds, in their hearts, and maybe sometimes out in public. It's the question, who is Jesus? The question is, who is Jesus? Is he some guru that's come to alleviate all of our problems and, and make life peaceful for us? Is he some kind of master motivator Sort of a cross between Joel Osteen and Nick Saban? <clears throat> is he a philosopher like Aristotle or Plato? Who is Jesus? How can we trust what we hear about Jesus? Because we hear crazy things out there about Jesus. Look, does a History Channel special on Jesus or a Discovery Channel special tell us the real scoop on him? Like whether or not he had wives and children or he took a holy grail and hid it somewhere for some lucky explorer to find someday? Does, does possessing a seminary education, having a PhD or a THD after your name, qualify you to be the official spokesman for Jesus? Does watching TBN and what somebody says on there really validate what they're saying about Jesus just because they're on Christian TV? Or does reverend in front of a name or bishop in front of a name, does that qualify somebody? There's a lot of talk about Jesus. There's a lot of talk, a lot of buzz out there about Jesus. Some people say he was a moralist. Don't you love that one? Oh, what do you think about Jesus? Oh, he, he, was a, he was a moralist. He gave us truth about love, tolerance, and forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> Others say Jesus was just a really good man. Madonna says she's drawn to Jesus because the image of a naked man on the cross is sexy to her. And that made you sick, I'm sorry. Ted Turner says Jesus was for losers. Politicians love to use Jesus' words to support their healthcare initiative or their government intervention or law and order or whatever. They love to use Jesus' words to prove those things. A lot of stuff is being said about Jesus, but it's a far cry from what Jesus said about himself. It seems like uh, 
people who dismiss what Jesus said about himself in the word, people that dismiss that can say whatever they want. But if we get up and say something that Jesus actually said, like I'm the way, the truth, and the life, we're a bigot, we're crazy. If you notice, you can talk about God, G-O-D, and everybody's okay. But when you bring Jesus into it, man, it makes some people mad. So with all this confusion about what, who Jesus is and what he came to do and what he was saying, what I want to do today, I want to sort of clear the air, and I'm not going to do it with my wisdom because not, that's not my uh, big deal. My wisdom is not there very good. And I'm not going to do it by some great authority I have because of some uh, name, in, uh, something in front of my name or at the end of my name. It's because I want to read to you from the Word of God about what God said about Jesus. So we're going to read this passage together, okay? It's, it's first Peter, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, and I'm going to begin where we ended last week in verse 12. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth that you now have. I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in this tent of the body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from the Father when the voice came down from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in human will, but, in pro but prophets through human spoke from God as though they were, carried, as, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is a powerful passage. And it really answers the question for us, who is Jesus? It's like the entire message from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament is found in these 11 verses. Isn't that amazing? Jesus claimed more than his ability to teach. Jesus claimed more than being a moralist and a guy who tried to show us the better way to live. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus doesn't just leave us room to call him a great teacher or a moral authority. He said he was the way to God. That forces us to make a decision. Either he is who he said he was or he's crazy because what he said was powerful. <laughs> it's not, I know it's not an original thought of mine. You've heard somebody say that before. He either is what he said he was or he's crazy. C.S. Lewis said it the best. I want to read you a quote. 
A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said wouldn't be a great moral teacher. He'd be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he's a poached egg or else he'd be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. Now, I've served as a pastor at Kingwood Church for almost 40 years. So, and that's, that's, that's because nobody else wanted me. And, and, and I think it's safe to say that anyone who's been around Kingwood Church knows where I stand when it comes to Jesus, all right? He's my hope, he's my savior, he's my Lord, he's the healer, he's the provider, he's the one who forgives me and He's the one who stands beside me and fills me and empowers me every day. And he right now can calls me to walk deeper with him. And I'm not the only one. This, this church is filled with people and pastors who believe exactly the same thing. It's not like we don't know this, but I got some good news for you. We are in wonderful company because Simon Peter agrees with us. Simon Peter agrees with us. Let me give you a little background about the scripture. Um, you know, um, when a government wants to stop a message or a movement or an idea, they go try to kill the leaders. That's what, they, that's what we're doing right now with ISIS. We're trying to kill their leaders. Well, that's what they did in the early church. That's what the Roman government tried to do. And so Peter, when he wrote this, Peter knew that he was the target of the Roman government. He knew it. He, when I read it a minute ago, he said, I'm about to lay this tent down. And I know that because the Lord has made it clear to me. That's what he said. And he said, before I go, I want to reiterate something I've already told you. So he recognized, it's like Paul, when, when he wrote in 2 Timothy, Paul said, I'm about to lay down my life as an offering. So it's like, it's like he knows he's going to die soon. So when you know you're going to die soon, you say things and you try to tell things that are the most important. You don't waste time on frivolous stuff. Folks, what Peter said was the important stuff. That's what Peter was trying to say. He was saying, do you know who this Jesus is we're following? Do you know who he is and do you know why you believe in him? <clears throat> let, me, let me paraphrase this is the Mark Sims, Alabama version of, of this whole passage I read. Look, guys, I haven't spent my life preaching about some fat or hip idea. I'm telling you the truth, so listen to me. I'm going to keep saying it as long as I'm still alive. Jesus is exactly who he said he was. I knew him personally. I agree. The Bible is always true, and don't you ever forget it. <laughs> That's pretty good advice. Now, remember, Peter was writing to a group of Jesus followers. He was writing to believers. He wasn't writing to atheists. He was writing to believers. And he said, oh, I want to refresh your memory as long as I live. <laughs> Truth is that important. We need to revisit things that we hold on to. Just like a married couple must revisit their marriage vows and revisit their relationship over and over. That's what we have to do. That's important to us. It was important to him. When I read Peter this week, I, I had to stop and think about us as a church. Maybe, maybe everyone who's listened to me as an individual, are you rooted in truth about Jesus? 
Are, are you truly rooted in the truth about Jesus? Stop for a moment and ask yourself, God, am I rooted? I'm talking rooted, not just acquainted with. Am I rooted in the truth about Jesus? Now, don't make the mistake of just arriving at how you feel about the truth. <laughs> ask the Lord to show you whether you're rooted in the truth. Um, A.W. Tozier, he's one of my favorite people in the world. He wrote this. Too many believers keep the truth on ice instead of on fire. Unused truth becomes as useless as an unused muscle. I want to ask you, do you apply God's word, God's truth to yourself? Do you apply who Jesus was to you? Do I do that? Do I apply what Jesus said and who he was to me? How many of you believe that Jesus was a healer in the Bible? How many of you believe that Jesus said he is the healer for us? Well, do we apply that to ourselves? How many of you believe that Jesus said that he gives peace on the inside of our hearts? Do we apply that to ourselves or do we go buy a, 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 some pill to do it? <clears throat> we got to live in the truth of God's word. Uh, people say, oh, I've already studied that, I already read that, I already know that. Folks, if we live 200 years each, there's not enough time to get all the way to the bottom of everything Jesus said. His truth is real every single day. Look at verse 16. Peter wants us to know, in verse 16, he hadn't gotten caught up in some emotional trap about Jesus. It's not some pop culture ph phenomenon that he's involved in. Look at this. We did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of Lord Jesus Christ in power. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Folks, there are a lot of cleverly invented stories about Jesus. There was this TV special one time recently that I watched called The Secret Years of Jesus. It was about a book called the Urantia book. There's a little cult called Urantia, but there was a, it's a book called the Urantia book. It's like, oh, we discovered this book. It's a book that told all the information you would ever want to know about Jesus' first 30 years. Now, we study the Bible. There's not a whole lot about his first 30 years outside of his birth, his dedication at the temple. And he was teaching at the temple when he was 12. That's about it. Oh, but the Urantia book has it all. They tell you everything. It's very clever, but it's just not true. There's a difference between clever and true. There's nothing clever about Jesus' life or the Word of God, but it's all true. <laughs> what God wants us to do is live in the truth. All right. Here's a book about Jesus. God is Not Great by Christopher Hitchens. It's, it's very, very, very clever, but it's just not true, all right? Here's one called Natural Atheism. Oh, my goodness, this one is smart and insightful. It's just not true, okay? Here's one, The Secret Teachings of Jesus. Interesting, but it's not true. Okay, The Other Gospels. The Other Gospels. Scholarly, but not true. How about this one? 
the kingdom interlinear translation of the Greek scriptures, the Jehovah's Witness Bible. Oh, yes, partially true, but it's not true. How about this one? The Book of Mormon. Quite popular, clever, but not true. How about this one? The Koran. One of the most popular books in the world, but not true. How about these? These are internet, uh, these are blogs, or these are things on the internet. Of course, the trusty old internet. The esoteric gospel of Jesus. Just confirmed in secret text, Jesus was actually the angel Michael. The symbolic Jesus. Oh, the Huffington Post. Jesus, the community organizer. Hindu Jesus, a different kind of Christianity. You think? Oh, this is my best favorite one. The Gay Jesus by Elton John. I could go on. Reinventing Jesus, the new Jesus, the Da Vinci Code, whatever. These are all things that are out there. And folks, people are believing them. They, They believe and they try to exactly what Mitch said. They, they try to mix their religions together to make sure they cover everything, Oprah style. But let me tell you something, guys. There's one truth, and Peter said it like this. I was an eyewitness of Jesus Christ, the real Jesus. I was eyewitness. I was there on the spot with Jesus. The question we ask Peter is, well, what did you see? What did it all mean? Who was Jesus? And Peter said, I am so glad you asked that question. Let me read to you again, verse 17 and 18. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came from him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Now, this is a reference to Peter, James, and John on the Mount of the Transfiguration. Jesus went up there. He was met by Elijah and Moses. And it was this moment where Elijah and Moses were confirming, Jesus, you're on the right trail. You are going to the cross to die for the sins of the people. And Peter, James, and John said, we heard it. We saw it. We are witnesses of that. They heard the voice of God say that and they fell on their faces. You can't forgive that kind of stuff. I can't forget that kind of stuff, can you? I mean, when stuff like that happens, they didn't just say, well, I I guess I dreamed it. Are you kidding? God's word is truth. It doesn't contain the truth. It is the truth. From cover to cover, we find the truth of God that shows us Jesus. The Bible confirms it. Peter was confirming it. Look, if, if I were to go to a carpenter and I say, hey, look, I want you to build an addition to my house. And I go to him and I say, what I want you to do is I want you to build it and I'm going to go, get, I'm gonna go um, get the boards and have the boards cut. You show me what you want, I get them cut, and I'll bring them back to you. Well, if I, take, if I do that, me, I'm such a great guy at building, and I bring that back to him and I say, here they are. You know that carpenter's not going to take my word for it. You know what he's going to do? He's going to measure every one of those boards before he nails them up. Because if he doesn't, he's going to have a house or a room that's not very square. In fact, it's going to be a mess. 
Any carpenter will appreciate that. Folks, is that what we, do we just hear things about Jesus out there and say, oh yeah, I'm going to build my house with that thing. Or do we measure and see, how do you measure what people say about Jesus? The Bible, the Word. That's what Peter said. The Word is the measurement. Whatever we hear about Jesus, about truth, must be aligned with God's Word. That's what he says. Several weeks ago, Pastor Jay and I sat up here and we had this live question and answer stress time for us. And uh, <laughs> I remember one of the questions specifically that Pastor Jay got to answer um, uh, was, well, it was, it was concerning the same-sex marriage issue. And I remember his answer was just so incredibly exactly what Peter would have said. He said, let me ask you this question. Where do you get your information? What informs you about what is the truth to this? this? Does it come from culture? Does it come from the media? Elton John? <laughs> or does it come from God's Word? We're Christians. We use God's Word as our measure. That's what we use. Our source of truth is the Scripture. And our personal experience with Christ is an extension of the truth that we read in God's Word. That's what Peter said. Look at, look at the uh, next two verses. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you'll do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by a prophet's own interpretation of things. Prophecy never had its origin in human will, but the prophets, through, though human, spoke from God as though as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The, Peter was saying, you can trust the Scripture. You can trust the Bible. It's trustworthy. It was written by humans, but it was guided by the Holy Spirit. Bible authors, it's amazing, come from this incredible cross-section of humanity. They were educated, uneducated, kings, fishermen, prophets, public officials, farmers, uh, teachers, physicians. From Genesis to Revelation, there's this marvelous unfolding of the theme of man's fall, God's plan for redemption, the sinless atoning life of Jesus Christ, his resurrection from the dead, so the Bible is a story from one end to the other, and it has this. There's a problem, sin. There's a solution, Jesus. I just told you the whole Bible. There's a problem, sin. There's a solution, Jesus. Now, folks, for 40 different authors with varied backgrounds to write in three different languages from two continents, over 1,600 years to write in absolute harmony is a mathematical impossibility. It couldn't happen. Then how do we explain it? Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's what Peter was saying in this. The scripture is reliable, guys. It's reliable. The internet is not. 
Peter said this right before he gave up his life for Jesus. Folks, people don't go around dying for something that they think is really a fantasy or a farce or a lie they're trying to push. Peter fully believed it. He witnessed it. He was an eyewitness of it. And he ultimately died for the truth. Now, all the confusing talk about Jesus will continue. (laughs) It'll probably get worse. But we don't have to be confused. God is calling us today to make a decision. Will we be swayed by popular culture and popular opinion to a different story of Jesus? Will we settle that he's just a good man and that we hope he influences us somehow? Or will we say, Jesus is God, he is the truth, he came to save us, to fill us, to empower us, and to claim us as his own? We have to decide which one we're going to do. I want to challenge you to do something. I want to challenge you to fall in love with the Bible. I want to challenge you to fall in love with the Jesus of the Bible. I want to challenge you to read the red letters. I do. This week, this year, Peggy and I were talking. Peggy had this incredible idea for Master's Commission this year. So any of our new students or whatever... This year, our scripture memory is all going to be red letters. We're just going to say what Jesus said. We're going to get to know the Jesus of the Bible. Fall in love with the Jesus of the Bible. He is the only thing that will never fail. That's why I titled this message, Always True. You know, it's, I'm, I'm asking in my heart, I'm trying to say, what, what kind of altar call are we going to have today? I, I really feel like that what I shared with you today is an affirmation of what God said in his word. He just said, I am reliable. I am reliable. You don't have to think you're feeling around hoping you feel the truth. You can know the truth. You can know the truth, and the truth sets you free. So here's what I want to do today. In just a moment, we're going to stand, and I'm going to ask the prayer team to come, and I'm going to ask you to remember some of the claims of Jesus, just that you know that maybe you have not applied to your life. It may be because you're sick. It may be because you're mentally in anguish. It may be because you need to know God's will for your life. It may be because you need the counselor to come and give you peace. It may be, I don't know, it may be that you need provision and and you got bills to pay, but you remember what God said, what Jesus said about himself in the word of God, and you want somebody to help you today to agree with you on the truth And they will do that. And I promise you, I promise you, he will not let you down. He will not let you down. Would you stand with me together? I've made a mess up here. And I'll clean it up in a minute. But Justin, if you'll just begin to sing. I'm going to ask our prayer team, would you just come and scatter across the front before we go today? I want you to just be ready to just pray with somebody. To agree with them on what Jesus said. And if they say, I don't know what Jesus said, you'll probably know. You just tell them what Jesus said. And let's agree on the truth today. I'm going to invite you. If you've got something you need to pray about, come on, just step out. Come on. Let's don't make this a heavy event. Come on. Come come on. If you 
you need something to pray about, come on, step out right now and come. Someone will be glad to pray with you. Come on, don't, don't hold back. He's the healer. He's the provider. He's the forgiver. He's the counselor. He's the director. He's the leader. He is Lord. Would you step out? Is there something you need from God? Come on. Come on, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Come on, don't be afraid. Come on, don't be afraid. Every heart that is broken. Don't be afraid. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath. Lord, your word is true. Your word is true. So we pour out we camp on your word. We stand on your word. Your word is true. We don't have to wonder. I want to do this while those are at the front please you come if you want to pray with someone I'm going to ask the entire congregation that's there to agree with me in this prayer okay and I want to ask if you will to pray this out loud with me Lord Jesus I want to know you more I want to trust you more. I trust your word, but I want your word to live in me. I want to soak in your word. You are reliable. You are truthful. You are for me and not against me. I give you permission in my life to apply your word to me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Hey, guys, I want to thank you so much for coming. I hope today God is...